Welcome to She's So Lovely, the podcast. This is our second podcast series called Creative Girls, featuring genuine go-getters who create, influence, and empower women around the world. Our mission at She's So Lovely is to connect women, create friendships, and collaborate through sharing our stories. On today's episode, you'll meet Rachel Vasicek. She's co-owner and creative director of Francesca Jewelry. She has such a generous spirit and a humble heart with a little bit of a wild side. I'm so excited for you to meet her. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Malia Alexander, and this is She's So Lovely, the podcast. bit about yourself and you know what you do so I'm Rachel I um, am from Tasmania so I grew up here um, from the age of 10 and before that I was living in New South Wales um, I'm a jewelry designer and I have a jewelry company with my sister called Francesca um, so that started down at the Salamanca markets so it's just a bit of a hobby um, Hannah started it when she was 16 and there's a five-year age gap between us so I was her little sidekick for a little while there growing up and she taught me all the things that I now know, which is great. Um, So yeah, that's what consumes most of my time. I'm a very creative person. So I'm, you know, always designing or doing graphics, video photography for the company or just like as a hobby. So anything creative really is um, who I am and what I do. So yeah. You're super energetic. <laughs> I'm very energetic. Rachel. You just have no idea how crazy she is in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. It's like I exert this like craziness in energy okay. form that just projects everywhere. It's great. It's addictive. Um, awesome. So how did, well, you obviously already told me that how you, you and your sister started a jury company. You started at Salamanca Markets. Um, did Hannah like, always want to design jewelry like how did she was she just doing it for fun or yeah so she started it as a hobby because she was a super hyperactive um child similar (laughs) to me um and mum was like far out I'm gonna need to find something for this kid to do to consume her time because like she was just like doing everything at home and like probably driving mum a little bit mad so when Hannah was I think she was about 12 mum um enrolled her into a jewelry making class and so Hannah kind of started making jewelry and then she the entrepreneur at heart started selling the jewelry to everyone and anyone she knew. So she was selling it to her school teachers and everything. And I think through that, she got a bit of like the bug for, you know, wow, I can sell these things and build upon it and continue to develop my skills. So Hannah started it as a hobby. And then when we moved to Tassie, um, she started at the Salamanca market. And so every Saturday she'd sell down there. And I was also helping her sell the jewelry and design it on the side, just I think she was trying to entertain me for mum's sake as well. So um, we started down there and then as the brand grew, um, it was actually called Handmade by Hannah in the beginning. And then as the brand grew, we did a rebrand to call it Francesca. And um, by the time it was at its kind of like um, crossroads as, you know, a hobby or an actual fully functioning company, um, I was in grade 12. Hannah had just studied um, law and science at university And so she was going through that path. Um, She got an undergraduate role at a law firm in Hobart and the jewellery company just supported her on the side. So every Saturday that was what she did to support herself. 
and I was leaving school and Han- I want to take a gap year. So I worked alongside Hannah in the business for a whole year. And then I kind of fell into this role of while selling the jewelry, kind of developing the creative marketing and design structure of Francesca. So it was then that we did like a full rebrand and like changed the business from handmade by Hannah to Francesca. And yeah, I kind of got a taste for what it was like to do marketing and photography and social media was just starting at the time. So I decided I would um, give that a crack and started the business's socials and then getting that kind of taste for it just snowballed. And all of a sudden I was, you know, the gap year of, you know, 10 years later. (laughs) still going best gap year ever (laughs) yeah literally so um yeah that's basically how um it started and Hannah and I partnered up and decided to she quit law and um I obviously kind of fostered the creative side of the business so that's the story of you know how we came together in that and it's kind of a beautiful dynamic duo of someone who's incredibly business-minded and driven, which is Hannah, and a creative. So that's how it kind of works, the dynamic as sisters as well. Mm, yeah, I love that. And, you know, if you two didn't partner up in the beginning, it could potentially not be what it is today, you know, because you two actually yeah, exactly together. So, yeah. yeah, it just proves, like, you know, working together is, like, the best way. And it's so nice to have someone else to bounce off because I think business, yeah, and business can be such a lonely thing and so can being creative. Like if you're creating things and have no one to show it to and no one to appreciate it, it can be quite lonely. And same Mm -hmm. with like developing the business side of things for Hannah. I think it's always been nice for us to both bounce ideas off each other and work on it as a unit rather than individuals. Yeah, and you need that person, like you said, to show your work and be like, yeah, that's good or can we tweak this or, you know, because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, otherwise you can't get better. Um, So with the graphic design side, did you just teach yourself or... Yeah. I knew it. So everything, yeah. <laughs> you knew yeah. it because I've got such yeah. little dusty skills. No, I, um, I, it was really interesting because the business was growing and... Obviously, as a small business, you can't afford to um, outsource a lot of, you know, photography, graphic design. As soon as you start getting, you know, creative agencies on board in a business, things just go out of control and it's really hard for a small business to be able to afford those things. So early on, um, I kind of was like, well, I can develop these skills along the way. And then um, we actually onboarded a... Our, one of our first employees, Rochelle, um, who's another incredible creative and Rocky had just come from a um, clothing company and she actually had a lot of skills that were, you know, needed at Francesca and she helped me um, learn like the camera and Lightroom and Photoshop and things like that. And then when I got a taste for that, I just like ran with it. I was obsessed. So because I had in my mind the campaigns that I wanted to create, I wanted to make the business you know, appear at this global level that it was really just a little Tasmanian company, I figured out that if I could get those skills, there was nothing stopping us from, you know, playing at the level that everyone else is playing at. So, yeah, very self-taught, a lot of YouTube sessions later (laughs) and I'm probably, you know, not your textbook correct graphic designer or photographer, (laughs) but it seems to do the trick. So, yeah, it's really cool. No, I I love what you do and 
everything you produce, I think is top level, you know, top level. Is that right? <laughs> Thanks. Just don't see how it's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in your pyjamas at home. But that's yeah, in my pyjamas at home with the bunny rabbit running around. That's yes. how it gets done. When did you get the bunny rabbit? Um, a couple of weeks ago. She was a little... Um, ISO impulse buy. Okay, see, no, she was I a present for my mum. Because we oh. all these animals. <laughs> yeah, she has so many out. rabbits. And then next minute you kept posting, I was like, no, it's definitely hers. Yeah, it's fine. No, I've always had rabbits growing up and I was like to mum, oh, we should get one for the family house. So mm. I went out and got her one. I, I said that it's for mum, but really it's for me for when I come home. <laughs> So cute. Obviously, we said like it's hard to find that balance between relaxing at home and actually doing work. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got Francesca to keep you motivated to be creative. Um, but being stuck at home, I guess, how do you stay creative? Do you like do a lot of Pinterest or like you know for inspiration? What do you? Yeah. What do you do? That's actually such a big one during this phase. I've found. I've realized how dependent my creativity is on a changing environment. So, you know, when I moved to Melbourne last year, I was so inspired because I'd be walking down the street and things would inspire me, clothing brands, you know, visual merchandise, everything. I was just like this sponge, this walking sponge of just being completely, you know, immersed in this creative space. And then now to be back in Tassie at the family house, it's really challenging. I was, I'm, you know, discovering a lot more about how I'm creatively driven and I've had to turn to things like Pinterest for, you know, that creative flair to be inspired. And yeah, just looking at all different, you know, online experiences for customers and product design, it's definitely turned a lot more online, but I can feel that everything's kind of a little bit more painful to go through than it was, you know, six months ago because our collections have slowed down. We're not releasing as many new products. And as well, I do all the, um, the photography and videography. So usually with a new collection, I'll um, put a concept together and then I'll shoot that campaign. And that in itself um, delivers a lot of inspiration to me and not being able to do that at the moment is, you know, really hard. So I've set the tripod up and I'm actually shooting things on my own wrist or my own hand <laughs> and it's really not the same but it'll do the trick for now until we get to it. <laughs> yeah, literally it's so funny. Oh, it's really like, it's really actually so tough being stuck inside. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, you know, we are so blessed to have a home and everything like that. We are. Um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's really mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, but that was really good advice. I really liked that. Um, and so, like, obviously you said that you normally, like, get to do creative stuff like shoots and videography and that sort of thing. So could you talk us through kind of, like, your design process even, like, from, yeah, you don't have to give us all the details, obviously, but, like, you know. <laughs> I'll give you all the secrets. Or, I don't know, to shoot. Yeah. The fun stuff. So it's. I find it's very sporadic. I never have one way of going about it. I wish I did because I think the be- the company would benefit a lot more if I was a lot more refined in my ways, but I'm completely chaotic. Um, so basically I have all different sources of inspiration and like 
they'll come at the most random times of the day or whatever I'm doing. So usually I have to capture it pretty quickly when it comes to my head. But generally I'm inspired by something. Like last year it was um, our biggest campaign was the Florence Collection in Italy. Um, So for that, we knew we were going to Italy and I just thought, you know, it would be a crazy missed opportunity if we didn't design something around the incredible architecture there. So I looked at Florence and I was just amazed by the Duomo um, church there. And so, for example, my design concept came from that one building. So I kind of went on Pinterest, gathered a whole heap of images, looked at the, you know, the structure, the details, and I pulled so much from that. And then I just put pen to paper and started sketching. And I'm an absolutely terrible sketcher. I what wish I had this. I am. I wish I had the skills. No, it was so funny. And so usually, <laughs> no. Well, that's true. So I, I do a very shocking sketch to begin with, and then I will pop that um, through to my computer, and I'll start to um, really like flesh it out um, on Photoshop and kind of put the design elements together there. And then from there, I'll send it to um, one of our jewellery manufacturers who um, do incredible CAD work. Um, CAD's actually on my to-do list this year to learn um, because I've been so limited to my terrible sketches that I would love the ability to actually design properly. So um, that's been put on hold because I was meant to be doing that in May at RMIT, but they've all closed their um, their programs down so that'll be an interesting process um of when I can get on to doing that again but yeah so usually do the design and then I'll get my samples and then I'll put the campaign together so you know I'll do the the styling of the campaign whether it's using models or Hannah and I if it's one of our annual collections that we appear in and then I'll put all the logistics together of you know where it's being shot who's shooting it usually it's me if I'm not in it so yeah there's a few different moving cogs to the process, but mm. it's exciting. And then once it's shot, um, that's when I have a lot of the fun because I love editing the photos and then putting that campaign vibe and briefing to it for the team to run with. Yeah, I think people, wow. <laughs> that was a lot, wasn't it? I think no. I just word vomited. <laughs> I love it because I used to do shoots, obviously, as well, and I know how much work goes into them and a lot of people just see the photo or the end product. I know. So I think it's yeah, it's crazy and it's taken me a lot of years to kind of get the um, the process down pat because yeah. there are so many things that, you know, I'd rock up on a shoot. I remember in Bali we did this crazy five days of full um, full day photo shoot. So we shot I think it was like six different campaigns in five days in Bali and on one of the days I was just like, oh, I don't have any SD cards. I've run out of SD cards. <laughs> and so that was like one thing. And then like, no. you know, steamers for the clothes when they're crushed or like oh, yeah. having someone purely to, um, having one person purely to organize the jewelry because like necklaces get tangled like crazy. You need one person so to true. be on the ball. Yeah. yeah it's, it's wild. So no, it's definitely, there's so much play. to it. Sorry, just one second. Yeah. Um, the necklaces by themselves don't tangle. 
No, they're really good. You yeah, know, I don't know why. Necklace and you put it in with your rings and then everything, you pick it up and the whole thing's got 50 yeah. rings on it. I think like, it's because ours is quite weighty. Like a lot yeah. of the like the cheaper jewellery that's like a lot just finer. just the quality, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm obsessed. Like I've got the, um, the Be Hers first one. Medallion. Yeah. yeah. And that's it doesn't beautiful, ever that get tangled. I need to get some more. I need to get a collection, but... um. Yeah. Um, and so obviously everyone who follows you and everyone who's listening now will <laughs> now. <laughs> um, you guys obviously support so many charities. Um, and I just love that. And did you guys grow up with kind of that inbuilt in you to give give to charity and be generous, or is that something you guys yeah. along the way? We've definitely grown up in a very generous family. I think um, that's been instilled in us from a char- from our childhood um, and the values and belief system that we run by. So I feel like that's always been ingrained in us. Our dad's been a big advocate of, like, you know, opening your doors to people in need, like, always. Um, so, yeah, that's been ingrained in us for a long time. And I think there was a time where Hannah and I were, the business was still quite young, And I was sitting, it was our second ever office. It was tiny little space. And there was about four of us who work in there. And I remember one day sitting at my desk playing with the jewelry. And I had this like overwhelming feeling of, wow, we just sell jewelry. Like all we do is sell jewelry. It was the weird, it was such a weird moment. And I was just like, we have to do more in our lives than sell jewelry. Like we have to, um, give meaning to jewellery we have to give back somehow there has to be stories behind these pieces that we're selling and there has to be a way bigger picture because I can't see long term and this is something Hannah really um, resonated with as well was that long term this concept of just selling you know an accessory would become so mundane to us and so it was how can we create a business that had long jeopardy of you know keeping us inspired like with there's something more to what we're doing and so that's when we created the awareness bracelet so the awareness bracelet is a monthly bracelet that gives back to a designated charity so um the one last month was endometriosis so twenty dollars from every bracelet gets donated to endometriosis australia and so by doing that we create awareness for an amazing charity but as well we raise funds so we raised ten thousand dollars um last month for endo and then as well we have our annual charities that we support be hers which you've already mentioned and that one is extremely special to us and that's something that will continue to be um supported by francesca so that's a hundred percent of the sale price is donated so we don't profit from it at all um and the message behind it is you know saving women from human trafficking who don't have their freedom given to them so well, it's taken away from them, sorry. So Be Hers is definitely an amazing charity that we support and it's Tasmanian as well. So Melody Towns um, founded that. So that's incredible and Hannah's on the board of Be Hers as well. So, yeah, definitely something that's fully ingrained in our business and it gives what we do every day so much more meaning and significance. Mm. Yeah, and I think it sets you apart from other brands. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Sorry, I was like, wow, Rachel, you talk so much. Like that just felt so <laughs> word vomity again. No, you talk, you talk great. It's fine. Um, oh, it's so funny. You have a nice voice, so it's fine. 
Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just I sidetracked you with this no, big fine. grin on your screen. <laughs> you're just well, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, do I say something weird? Um, yeah, I just really feel like that sets you apart, and I think I believe that the generosity from your brand has also helped you succeed. You know, be so successful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People want to buy into more than just a product. They want to buy into a story and, you know, feel like they're giving back as well. So it's not – essentially it's not Francesca giving $10,000 to endometriosis. It's all of the customers who bought that bracelet. They're the people who are facilitating that and enabling it. So, yeah, definitely our customer yeah. base loves it. Yeah. Um, so with – um the business and creative side I feel like you've kind of have told us like you're more the creative and you're more the and Hannah's more the business side I was gonna say like one of my questions was um is there something you've had to work harder at because <laughs> probably I don't know the business side was yeah like, this is so funny because I am like I am shameful when it comes to the business side of things. Um, Hannah and I were at an event um, for the endometriosis bracelet and I was actually sitting next to um, an incredible entrepreneur who asked me about our P&L. And I was like, our P&L, our, our what? And I was like, our what? And it's such a common term in business, which is profit and loss. And I literally embarrassed myself sitting there not knowing what P&L okay, was. I didn't know and it was, was either. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just this triggering moment of, thank God you are not on the business side of things and you are fully creative. And I think it works so well because Hannah is, incredible at what she does and there is no competitiveness you know we we fully trust each other with um the departments that we run so I don't put my foot in where she's working and she doesn't put her foot in where I'm working and it's it works seamlessly I think if we were both trying to make decisions about the company in the same um, areas there would be a lot of tension but instead we appreciate the gifts that we bring to the business individually and then allow each other to thrive because of it so it's really good yeah, that's awesome. And as sisters, have you always kind of like worked well together or has it been like a... <laughs> it's been a work in progress. Yeah. Um, no, we've, I mean, there was a time where Hannah and I were living together and working together full time. Would not recommend, recommend that. <laughs> Absolutely not. That was so funny because, I mean, we've nailed the balance of like the um, sister business um, Oh, what am I trying to say? Roles. So there would be a time where Hannah and I would be in the car arguing because she wouldn't let me borrow her jacket to wear to work and we'd be yelling at each other and then we'd walk through the office doors and it was like, right, office mode. And we'd just <laughs> completely like snap out of anything, any like feelings that we had before we walked in the office and that was purely office mode as soon as we walked in. So that was a really funny um, period of time when we were living and working together. But I think as we've gotten older, we've definitely understood a lot more how to deal with each other and it's um it's brought us closer because we can understand how each other ticks and you know we've done a lot of work with um mediators and facilitators to help us understand that we've both got very different personality types and that's very um that's very important across you know i think life in general in personal relationships you know family business whatever it is just having an understanding of 
people's minds work differently to how yours might work and it's through appreciating that they're different that you kind of yeah can gel and work together well so that's what Hannah and my biggest learning curve together was to understand each other and how we work and how we operate and that in turn allowed us to communicate a lot better and yeah it's been pretty good ever since then oh that's awesome yeah and I think like also what I've noticed about you guys is how you treat your staff and I think that that comes through as well like um Mm. just the way you treat them it's a family yeah yeah you're like family but you're still you still work so hard like I've seen it when we did be hers together you know yeah it's crazy but you know we have the most amazing team who literally their work ethic is incredible they genuinely love coming to work every day I think it's because it doesn't feel like work um and we empower everyone to you know be a part of the company we're very anti-hierarchy so it doesn't matter who you are in the company everyone is valued and everyone's opinions valued whether you know if you work online but you have an idea for the retail team, it is always welcome. So it's kind of this universal unity rather than, yeah, having different segments and things like that. And then, yeah, we're a bunch of girls. So there's like 35 of us under 30 pretty much. So that is just a good time all the time. So, yeah, very noisy. <laughs> very noisy. <laughs> Love that. Um, cool. Well, let's end the podcast on like a positive note um do you have any encouragement for any creatives at home at the moment or anyone trying to run a small business or something like that because I know it's a really tough time for everyone at the moment Mm. I think creative wise at home at the moment would be hmm, let me think yeah drawing source through like online and kind of finding ways of being inspired by other things so like for example I was sitting before looking at a whole heap of jewelry that I need a photograph and I was just like I really need to be still and let my brain like give my brain the space to actually be creative rather than all the distractions that we're used to I would say at the moment it's giving your brain the space to actually go into yourself and really kind of let your imagination run wild and see what you can come up with because I think sometimes we get too busy in you know the distractions and what everyone else is doing that you almost limit your creativity by those distractions. So, yeah, going into yourself and finding it rather than outsourcing it, I'd say. Great. Yeah, I think this time, like, we won't get it back, you know. No. It's forcing us to slow down and be creative in other ways that we may not have been before. Yeah, exactly. I think it's amazing. Let's just hope it doesn't go on for too much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for now we'll for now we'll grow with it thanks so much for listening girls don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you'd like to you can connect with us on instagram and facebook but for now stay tuned for the next episode of creative girls 